forgot my guitar. All right. Good morning. It's an awesome day to be in the Lord's house. Um, we don't have a scripture today, but we have a prayer request. Sandra Escobedo, her, her husband Santos's brother passed away a couple of days ago. You're going to remember the Escobedo family this week. And Adam, I think you've got some surgery scheduled this week. We'll be remembering you and the doctors. It'll all go well. Okay. And uh, we're going to have an awesome testimony. Haven't heard it, but I can't wait. I know parts of it, but I can't wait. All right, let's pray. Lord, we bless you. That through your mighty hand and through your wonders, we see who you really are. And Father, I pray for the Escobedo family this week, Lord, as they deal with the grief and the loss. in their family, the Lord, your name and your spirit be there and that you be glorified. Uh, be with Sandra and Santos as they try to be the light in their family. I pray, God, you would help them, Lord, to lift your name up uh, in, in a difficult situation. We do pray, Lord, that you would guide miraculously uh, the doctors and the, and the procedure that Adam is going to have this week, that you would give him peace, that he would not... Uh, not have a worry, Lord, because he can trust you. So I pray he can lay that in your hands and trust you completely uh, this week. Father, what we come just uh, excitingly, I don't even know, end up with anticipation that, Lord, we pray this testimony as testimonies are because you give them and because they are to raise your name up and show who you are, Lord. We pray that that, in a mighty way, is done in an amazing way today. We thank you. I see this song. These words even mean more to me today than they have in the past. The great things you have done. What a blessing, Lord Jesus. Pray, God, you be with us today. Help us to be people who will continue to keep you and your name lifted high. Through all these great things, Lord, all Bring attention to your name. We pray, Jesus, in your holy name. You may be seated. And it is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> oh. Mm. I am so excited to... Um, share things with you today that the Lord has shown me and given me and allowed me the privilege of watching him do. I pray it will be without tears, (laughs) just so I can get it all out. But it is pretty um, overwhelming to have walked through the things I've walked through for the last few days that Roger and I have been able to see. One thing that I love, Bill, was praying, and and it is so true. The Lord helped me just enjoy this place this morning. He said, you know, whereas you are giving testimony, it is not your testimony. And I thought, it is so true, Lord. I love that. It is your testimony, Lord. And I've had the opportunity to walk with you to see what you were doing. So I'm just going to start off and try to tell you the things I kind of remember that have happened over the last few weeks. And I wanted to make some notes and 
jot everything down over the last few days, but my hand has been wrapped up and swollen really um, significantly, and I haven't been able to use. They had me not use my hand. They said, you just act like it's broken for the next 48 hours. So the last two days, I've been walking around like this, <laughs> not able to use my hand. So I couldn't really write things down like I wanted to. But I've shared testimony with uh, Kathy and Rebecca and Daniel and and um, Roger and I have taught through things, and so they've jotted a few notes down. So when I have a, an opportunity, I'll be able to pull some things back together. And Luann and people that we've kind of been able to share with. But, um, and it's funny because most of them have heard bits and pieces of this, but not maybe the fullness of what God has to say. Um, <clears throat> so... This all began, this journey began last Wednesday, and um, I, I came in to work for a bit because there were some things I was needed to take care of, And but I was pretty busy with what I was doing, and Rebecca was busy with what she was doing, and this is significant that you kind of know this. I think it gives evidence to the fullness that God is going to share today. So... Um, she didn't tell me at the time, but she told me later, she said, I knew something was wrong with you. I didn't know what it was, but you didn't look yourself. You just didn't look like you felt good. And the truth was, I didn't feel good. I was trying to push through. Have you ever done that when you go, I don't know what's quite wrong with me, but I don't feel just right. But you just push through. And... Um, so that was where I was. I was just trying to push through and get through. And um, we did finish up and um, went home. And we actually had dinner plans with someone. And so I, I knew we needed to go to that. Excuse me. And uh, so I thought, it'll be okay. Um, I'll just push through. And... Um, one important thing, this will be important later on, I went ahead and did my nails. That's always good, girls. You know, just even if you don't feel good, get your nails done. So, <laughs> and, uh, so I did my nails, and we zoomed off to eat. But just before we left the house, I thought, man, my stomach doesn't feel quite right. We haven't even eaten. I don't know what this is in my stomach going on. So I took a Tums, and we tootled off to eat. But we got to Cotton Patch. And um, I just sat there and I thought, yeah, I'm just not quite right. But I don't know what's wrong with me. And um, so we ordered, and I, I ordered um, some salmon, and I ordered a salad. The salad came, and I just pushed it off to Raj. I said, you can have this. I just, nothing sounded right. My stomach just didn't feel quite normal. But on top of that, now I had noticed that I had started having um, a difficult, I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. It was a little difficult, and I thought, well, there's a storm coming in, maybe it's the humidity. Don't we make up everything in our mind what this probably is? And, but anyway, I thought, that's funny, I don't know what that is, but it just felt heavy, and like something was sitting on my chest, but I didn't think too much of it, but um, pushed that to the side and we were sitting there and, and then I started shaking a little bit and um, 
So now I'm shaking, now my chest is heavy, <laughs> and I'm nauseous, and I'm thinking, I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, I'm a healthy person. What is going on here? So, so many times God allows me to have symptoms in the physical for somebody in the spiritual. And I was trying to think through that, and I was trying to pray and ask the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, is there something spiritual going on here? And um, trying to just truly grab hold of what was going on. Well, then our dinner came, and um, we are trying to talk and eat, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And now I realize that every time I tried to say something, <coughs> excuse me, um, I was having trouble breathing. I was shortness of breath. So I would talk a little bit and then have to grab some air because I was just struggling to breathe. And the person we were with said, are you all right? <laughs> and I said, yeah, 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 I think it is. <laughs> I think I am. And they said, well, maybe, you know, maybe you need to, maybe we need to just leave because maybe you need to just, you know, go to the hospital. And I said, no, 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 I think I'm okay. Give me just a minute. I think I'll gather up and be okay here in just a second. And so then I ate like a bite or maybe two bites of salmon. I mean, just smidgens. And um, then when I did that, now I'm not, my chest feels heavy. I'm not, I'm nauseous. And now I can't, I'm shortness of breath. Anybody ring a bell with what's going on not me no not me <laughs> I just keep thinking I'm going to get through this place and um, then about this time we were trying to decide what to do and now my heart started feeling like or my chest felt like somebody was taking my chest and just squeezing inside my chest and really hard and I thought wow that hurts and it just was hurting really bad as somebody like something was squeezing my heart and uh, so we're talking about trying to maybe leave and um, I thought if I could just go home and lay down for a minute and rest you know and see what this is I did stop and we prayed and I, I felt like I was in a spiritual battle and um so I said that. I said, I think I'm in a spiritual battle, and the physical is reflecting that. And um, so as we sat there for just a few minutes more trying to decide what to do, now my back started having pains in it, and it felt like sharp pains were just hitting me in the back, just bam, 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 and it just wouldn't give up. And my, heart, my chest is being hurting, and now my back is... And I am really in bad shape. And they were like, can we call the ambulance? And I was like, no, let's just. And Raj said, well, you think we need to leave? Can you walk out of here? And I thought, yeah, I probably can. So we got up and I started trying to walk, which was difficult because I was in, I was in a lot of pain. We got to the, the truck and I got in the truck and I would t say it increased from being tremendously painful to being double and it just it was unbelievable and Roger said well what do you what do you want to do and I said well I think just go home you know I'll lay down I'll see if we get to feeling better but when we got to Buffalo Gap Road going home I realized 
I, I was really bad. And I see that God got things worse and worse and worse to get my attention that I would not go home, that we would go on to the hospital. And so um, I, I, as we turned on to Buffalo Gap Road, I said, Roger, I really think I have to go on to the hospital. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm really, really, really hurting. And um, <laughs> so now he drove like the Dukes of Hazard. And anybody watch the Dukes of Hazard? But <laughs> he was, we were, there were people at the red light. I mean, cars lined up. Raj just went around them through the red light and went right on. <laughs> he was hurrying, yeah, he was hurrying me on. And I thought, I said, Raj, he said, it's all right. I thought, well, okay. <laughs> so anyway, we got down there to the hospital, I don't know, ER, I think is what they call it, Hendrix ER down there by us. It's that big one, not the express, but the other one, and went in, and um, they got me in a room, and by now, I am really nauseous, and I'm cold, and that's bizarre, you know, and I've still got all these other things going on, and the nurses and everybody are coming in and trying to find out what's wrong with me and everything now all of a sudden I get really hot and I'm just sweats just pouring off of me and now I'm throwing up <laughs> and I just I mean it was just one thing after another I just was sicker and sicker and sicker so they you know did an EKG and they did some blood work and um but the weird thing was, as soon as I had thrown up, everything stopped. I mean, everything. I didn't have any pain in my back, in my chest. I, didn't, I wasn't sweating anymore. Everything stopped. I felt fine. I thought, yeah, let's go home. <laughs> and uh, and um, so the doctor came in. He said, well, your EKG looks great. And your blood work's looking good. And he said, how are you feeling? I said, I'm great. Everything. He said, well, maybe it's a little virus. And I thought, yeah, sure, I'm good with that. And um, he said, but, he said, we can't let you go home just yet. Because if it is something related to the heart, oftentimes you don't see the results of that for about an hour. He said, so you got to stay. We're going to run some more tests in about an hour and see how you're doing. And um, they hadn't given me much. They gave me a Tylenol and some Zofran, and that's all they'd given me. But everything was great. I was feeling so good, and I thought, yeah. And um, people are calling. My sisters and everybody are calling, and I said, yeah, I'm good. I think we're going to go home. I feel good. <laughs> Things are all right. And uh, so about an hour later, they came in, took all the tests. How are you doing? Great. Then they get the test back, and the doctor comes in and pulls up his chair, you know. <laughs> and so he was really um, concerned. It was really a, a nurse practitioner, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. At this point in time, it was a nurse practitioner. And, um, hi, come in. So as the nurse practitioner came in and, and said, um, well, I have some difficult news to tell you. And uh, he said, your results on the test did not come back good. And all of these symptoms that you're having um, have, uh, you have raised enzymes. 
And he said when the enzymes are up, that means you've had damage. So you've had a heart attack and you've had damage to your heart. And um, I thought, okay, <laughs> you know, um, I, I thought, well, that, that's not too bad. He said, you know, what we'll do is take you over to the big hospital and we'll do another, we'll, or not another, we'll do a heart cath, they'll do a heart cath, and they'll probably put in some stents. And, and I said, okay. And he said, but there has been damage done. Because the enzymes, and most of you may know this, but when you have a heart attack, it closes off the artery in there. And then when that happens, you know, you lose blood and oxygen to the muscle, and that creates damage to the muscle, then the enzymes come off. So it's only when you've had damage to your heart that the enzymes begin to happen. So anyway, I thought, well okay, that's okay, you know, they'll get this fixed, and so Roger said, well, can I drive her over to the other hospital, and that guy was like, no, <laughs> he said, no, we're gonna take her in an ambulance, you know, she's really not in great shape at all, and so they put me in the ambulance, took me over there, and uh, got me in a room, and um they told me, you know, they were going to monitor these enzymes throughout the night. So, okay. So we finally get to bed, I don't know, about 11-ish or 11.30 or something like that. And um, the storm was coming in. Everybody remember there was kind of a big storm coming in. And it's funny how we've had a lot of storms here lately, right? And it's funny, I haven't thought that God was talking to me in each of these storms that we've had at all, not, not at all. But that night, Wednesday night, I thought, yeah, Lord, you're talking to me in this, in this storm. And um, so I looked it up on my phone, and it was a big storm, and they're saying, you know, there's tornadoes in places and lots of damage and destruction. And about that time, all the um, siren, and not siren, bells and alarms, that's what it was. Alarms are going off in the hospital, and they're slamming doors and everything, and I thought, wow, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But this went on for a few minutes, and then they came in and said, or they came over to the PA and said, don't, don't worry about the weather alarms, everything is okay. So I don't know what all that was about. But I saw all this chaos, that's what I want to say, is I saw the alarms going off and I saw the storm coming in and lots of talk about how bad it was going to be and Abilene was supposed to brace for this place and I said Lord I don't know what you're telling me in this in this place and the lightning is just going off over there and um, and then he began to speak to me and he said you're in a storm he said it's a picture of where you are he said you're in a storm mm but the storm will pass over you and you will not be hurt. And I thought, wow, okay, Lord. I knew I was in a storm. I mean, I knew that. That was pretty obvious. And, but the word that he gave that the storm would pass over me and I would not be hurt brought so much peace to where I was. I, I was okay. I thought, yeah. 
I really had not been fearful. I was just walking through what God was doing. But now it was amazing. It was just such a peace that fell over me. So throughout the night, the nurses came in and and the technicians came in, you know, rest, no rest in the hospitals. <laughs> they, they have things to do. And so Roger and I didn't get much rest that night at all, but they took my blood throughout the night. So the next morning I asked, I said, well, what did the enzyme show? You know, how, how's, how's that looking? And they were all like, oh, not good, not good at all. Every time it has elevated more. And so... That means there's more damage. The more elevated it gets, the more damage there is. So now that my general um, practitioner comes in, Dr. Schutte came in, and he began to talk to us, and he said, you know, um, he would get the cardiologist up there shortly and see what they wanted to do, but he felt sure that we would do a heart cath too because the enzymes are rising significantly. And... Um, so, um, in fact, I'll tell you a little more about this later on, but I got the hospital report, and it actually says critical on there where the enzymes were, were rising. It says this is critical. So then the um, cardiologist came in, Dr. Zane, and he was in quite the hurry because he's trying to get, it must be about lunch now, and he was trying to get to the airport because he's the keynote speaker at a big convention in Pennsylvania. So he comes rushing in the door and says very little hellos, but just says, oh my goodness, you know, we've got to get you into a heart cath immediately. And uh, he said, we cannot wait. He said, you're in a position to where this has to be done this afternoon and immediately. And so he said, I'm going down to the heart cath place, and I'm going to find somebody to do that for you, and then I have to get on the airplane, so they'll take care of it from here. And I said, well, who do you think it'll be that'll do this? And uh, he said, I don't know, whoever's available. <laughs> is any, he said, I'll pick one, whoever, whoever is available. That was really his words, whoever's available. And he said, they're all good they'll be fine and so he flew out and took off and and I said Lord you've had your hand on this the whole time you do what is best the whole time through this whole thing I re was reminded that what we have been teaching on in Romans and that God does what is best and um, I kept remembering that I thought so Lord whatever you're doing right here whoever you pick to do this heart cath You'll do what is best. And um, so in a few, uh, maybe about an hour, I don't know, maybe an hour, an hour and a half, here they came to get me. It wasn't very long. And took me down for this heart cath. And this Dr. Lawrence now comes up to me, and he said, well, you know, here's all the things we're going to do. I said, okay. And um, he said, you know, I guess you know what's going on. You've got these raised enzymes. Everybody's talking about the enzymes. That's the whole key to know that I'm not in, good, in a good situation. And he said, so we'll go in, we'll look at your heart, and um, we'll locate the, the artery that's closed off, 
and then we'll put in a stent and uh, assess the damage. I said, okay. And then they said, well, and we'll give you some sedation and you'll just kind of be asleep. He said, you won't be far under, but you'll just be kind of asleep. You won't really know much that's going on. You'll just be kind of out of it a little bit. And I thought that would surely be true. That was kind of my plan. I thought, yes, I'm just going to sleep through this and um, then see what they say when we wake up. And I thought it would be true because I really didn't sleep the night before. So I thought, surely I'll just go to sleep and that'll be great. I'll wake up and they'll say, here's what's going on. And uh, so I said, okay. And so, you know, they start over here and they go in through your, well, they were able to go through my arm. And so that was a, a blessing. And... Um, so they went in, and, and it really didn't hurt too bad. So I don't know how many of you have had this, but it felt kind of like putting in a, an IV, and uh, maybe a little bit more than that, but not much. It wasn't too bad. But anyway, he, I, so you knew when they kind of got started and got in there and uh, are pushing this little thing through your heart. But when they got up into my arm, I really couldn't feel it anymore, so I didn't know when they actually got into the heart. And... Um, then he's going along right there, and then he says, wow. And I'm wide awake. I mean, I'm watching the things on the, you know, <laughs> on the ceiling and, you know, just, and now there's this huge TV screen right here, and you could watch it, but I thought, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know that that would alarm me or not, so I didn't ever turn over there and look. I'm just watching all the bright lights and the camera stuff and all the equipment they have up here and so Dr. Lawrence goes wow hmm wow and you go hmm can I see what you're looking I don't know is that a good wow is that a bad wow you know what are you thinking and um, then I hear him say to two of the RNs that were in there. He said, come look at this. I've never seen this in all the years of uh, being a cardiologist. He said, I've never seen anything like this. I'm going, okay, great. <laughs> and uh, so he's talking to them about what all they're seeing, and they're using a lot of um, technical terms. So I didn't really understand much of what was being said right through there. But then he said, um, he leaned up to me and he said, well, um, were you in like a, um, a really bad accident like last week? And um, I said, no. And he said, like a motorcycle accident? I was like, no, I would remember that. <laughs> For sure I wasn't in a motorcycle accident. He said, hmm. And so then he starts talking to the girls again, and he said, there is a, um, I don't know what, how you say this exactly, Takota Sabuo, I don't know. And um, it's, it's spelled T-A-K-O-T-S-U-B-O, I don't know, cardiomyopathy. And um, he said, there's a, also a small, this word, in your heart and I said okay and he said well um, this is usually caused by a couple of things he said first of all it usually can be caused by a virus 
And he said, but you don't have a virus because when it affects, when it's affected by a virus that this has happened, it really affects the whole ventricle. So it would have affected the whole left ventricle. And he said, that's not the case. This is just a tiny spot. And um, then he said, and, um, but you don't remember having an injury. This can sometimes be caused by like football players that get hit really hard in the chest and it bruises like or, or injures the heart. And it causes the heart to not function quite as um, sufficiently as it should. I said, yeah, no, no, I didn't have an injury like that. And he said, so I don't know what, what has caused this. That's really bizarre. I've never seen. And he said, the main thing is, is it didn't affect the whole area. It just affected this small area. And he said, um, he said, the other thing that can be caused is what's called a heartbreak syndrome. And he said, that can cause it. And... Um, he said, if you had any, like, really huge trauma, he said, like, people that are in an earthquake or, you know, people that are uh, trapped inside of um, a situation and building has fallen on them or something, then they oftentimes would have something. He said, but even that doesn't affect usually a small area. It affects the whole left ventricle. And he said, so I don't think that's what happened to you either. And he said, but, and he kind of left that world, and he said, but your heart looks amazing, amazing. He said, you don't have any body. He said, your heart is clean as a whistle. And he said, in fact, and there was one of the uh, RNs standing there, and he said, in fact, your heart looks about like Audrey's. And she looked to be about, you know, 28, 30 years old. He said, your heart is unbelievable. There's no damage. There's no heart attack evidence. <laughs> There's nothing that has caught that we see now that could have caused this. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And so, anyway, he, you know, will they will me out and and um, he's telling and they will me down and he's telling Roger and and my son Ricky and Amanda the same things. He's saying, you know. Her heart is so young, and um, we really can't explain all this. And then she's got this little small spot over here, and we can't really explain any of this. And he said the same thing he's told me. He said, but this little spot will heal. He said, we could put you on a beta blocker, but we won't. He said, this will heal, it'll heal, and it'll be fine. And, uh, and uh, he went off. And so Roger and I went back, they took me back upstairs, and we were thinking, you know, you're trying to figure out what all this means and how all this kind of is and what's really been said. <laughs> and, uh, and they're trying to get you something to eat, and all this is going on. And about that time, our, um, my general practitioner came back in, Dr. Schutte, and he said, well, I got the results on this. He said, this is unbelievable, unbelievable what they, what this shows and um, he said you know it's like this he said the only thing we have to look at he says really there's a, a couple of choices here he says the first thing is is that we could say that 
none of this, that we misdiagnose, that's what he said, that we misdiagnose this whole thing, four doctors misdiagnosed this, the ER doctor, him, the cardiologist, and the cardiologist that did the heart cath. He said all four doctors would have had to misdiagnose this with the evidence that it supports our diagnosis that shows that your enzymes were not only rising but continuing to rise, that you had to have damage to the heart. There had to be damage. That had to be ignored. Plus, all the symptoms that you had would have have to be completely ignored. Or God has healed your heart. Amen. He said there is no explanation for what we see. He says God has healed your heart. You had a heart attack. You had damage. But it's not there. The crazy thing about it is almost hard to get that in your head because it would have been good news if they'd have said, you as a 71-year-old, you have a really good heart. But they didn't say that. <laughs> they said, you have the heart of a 30-year-old. Wow. And so Raj was sitting there like me trying to put all this in our heads. And Raj said, well, she wants to go. To, he said, so we're fixing to get you out of here. And about that time, the nurses all come in, and they're all taking stuff off right and left. And, and he's um, saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get you out of here right now. And, uh, and Raj said, well, she wants to go to the shower for her daughter-in-law, for our daughter-in-law's baby shower on Saturday. Would it be okay for her to be able to go to this. And it was so funny. He stepped towards me and he said, you don't understand. She can go anywhere she wants to go. She has the heart of a young person. <laughs> yes, yay. I know. And she can do and be. Now, there's some other things that did not get renewed. <laughs> so, But my heart, God has touched and totally restored the destruction that was trying to happen. Craziness, isn't it? And um, so I asked the Lord that evening, I said, well, Lord, I mean, it was so overwhelming and still is that you feel so privileged to be able to have seen the very work of God. That is it. So what you have to hear here is this was not that God touched me because I did something or I, he liked me best or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. And we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. But what it has to do with is that he desires for us to see who he is and his power, and his authority. And he desires it today, just like when Jesus walked on this earth. God has such a heart that he wants each one of us to grab hold of who he is. 
and what he can overcome and what he can do. I asked the Lord what this small spot was that the doctor could not even begin to figure out what it was. I said, what is this, Lord? And he said, he said, that, Deb, is a picture in the physical of what's going on in the spiritual. And he said, you hurt for so many people that do not understand the goodness of God and that they don't choose to surrender their lives to who he is and that they don't surrender their lives that this place hurts your heart and that's the heartbreak syndrome that this doctor is seeing he says I don't want you to quit caring for these people I want you to love them I want you to continue to hold them close and to pray for them but I don't want you to burden yourself with these places. This is my place. And he said, you oftentimes come to the place that you are brokenhearted over where people's choices are. I want you to let me heal that place as you surrender this place to me. I wasn't quite sure how to walk that out, so I spent the next day kind of talking to the Lord, and I said, I hear you, Lord, but I don't know how to walk that out. I don't even know how to do that. This just, it just seems so right, and I don't even know how to do what you're saying. And he told me yesterday morning, He said, I'll tell you how you walk this out. He said, so the last couple of days, he said, you haven't been worrying about, and he began to name these people that were on my heart. He said, you haven't been stressing over them. You remember them, and you still are hurting for them. But you haven't been stressing over them. He said, you know why? He said, because your eyes have been on me. He said, your eyes have been turned to me, praising me for what I've done, amazed in who I am, and trusting in my sovereignty. That's how you walk this out. So there's a great lesson for me in this place in that regard. But I believe there's some other things that he wants me to share with you of what he's doing through this whole amazing miracle. And um, so if you'll turn with me to John 20, it's on page 1250.
many of you know, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And the Lord used this place to help me be reminded of exactly what he's doing. And it's starting in verse 30, and it's John writes, and he says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. So many other signs and wonders and miracles. Jesus did them. Not all of them were in the book. But verse 31 says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This miracle was given. And it's interesting because God began to show me he gave life. He gave life where there was supposed to be dead parts to this heart. He gave life. That I might see even more clearly how powerful, how amazing, how sovereign, how in control he is. But my purpose is far beyond me seeing. My purpose is to share this testimony with every person that God allows. That you might see. And in seeing that you might believe. Not in a place of just going, oh yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Not just believing that he died on the cross. Not just believing that he was raised from the dead. That is not what John is talking about. That is not what Paul talks about in Romans. But believing in a way that you become a new creation. That you would have a new heart. That the old heart would be changed. That your believing would change who you are. That you would no longer live as you live. That you would no longer act as you act. That you would be changed. The physical is a reflection of the spiritual. And it's used, as John is using these miracles here, that others might believe. That others might see. The last scripture I want to leave with you that he gave me is on um, page 1301. It's Romans 8. While you're turning there, I want to share with you one fun thing that when the Dr. Shooty came in and was telling us all these things, and he said, this, you know, these enzymes, we have it all down, all documented. I said, can I get a copy of that? <laughs> 
He said, sure. And I said, can I get a copy of the report for the heart? And he said, sure. So sure enough, I have the evidence of what God has done. The enzyme were raised to a critical level. And the cardiologist's report shows completely normal in every area of the heart. Over those 48, no, not 48, 24 hours that Roger and I were going through this, from Wednesday night, we, this all started about 6 o'clock Wednesday night. We were home by 6 o'clock Thursday night. This was one day, but a lot going on in that one day. Roger and I, when it first all started, when they got us in the hospital and said, you know, here's where you are, and there's definitely some damage, and we got settled in, in the hospital room, and Roger said, are you, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I thought, yeah, I am okay. I said, I really am okay. I said, I really can feel that if God takes me home t today, tomorrow, now, he's doing what is best. I know that. And if he doesn't, and there's some damage and we live with that, God does what's best. It's not what I would have chosen if I was picking how to spend that Wednesday evening. But my heart knew that God did always and would always do what is best. Even when we can't see it. Even when we don't understand it. And I asked Roger, I said, are you okay? And he said, you know, I am. It's not what I would choose. Who's going to make me dinner? <laughs> but he said, I'm okay. We can trust this. So the last place I want to leave with you in kind of that understanding is Romans 8, verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And I, I love seeing this place because I realized that's what was going on. The Spirit in our time of weakness in my time and Roger's time in the hospital in this place of weakness in our not understanding in our not knowing what God is doing do you see the weakness in all of that in this time of what we would call difficult situation in this time of suffering in this time and Paul is talking about suffering we'll look at this in a few weeks when we continue in Romans but in this place in this time of weakness step the spirit helps do you see that for we do not know what we ought to pray as we ought for to pray for as we ought 
That was so true. I laid there that night, and I was praying that God would talk to me. But I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to pray. You know, do we pray, yes, there will be nothing? Yeah, that's our flesh. Isn't, it? Isn't that the first thing we pray? Lord, I pray they'll find nothing. Everything will be healed. But I didn't really pray that. That's what we normally would pray. Lord, I hope this won't be too bad. I hope this will be not what the doctors are saying. Those are the things. We, I didn't really pray that. I couldn't hardly understand it, but all I kept saying is, Lord, you do best. Whatever you do here. Because what might be might not be all about me to be best. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit made intercession for me according to the will of God. And 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We want to quote this all the time, and we want to say, all things work together for good. Somebody's going through a hard time, and we say, well, all things work together according to good and we just have this idea somewhere that that God is doing good things in everybody's life and it's all good and we we put this world of good is I won't be sick I won't have a heart problem I won't have pain I won't be suffering I won't be fearful I won't I won't I won't I won't I won't have all of these difficulties in my life that is not what this is saying. It says, for we know that all things work together for good. But this word good we've talked about is this place that means the good things that God is doing for his purpose. That he does what is best. This is the scripture. For God does always do what is best. He does what is best according to his purpose. But it goes on to say, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. That's so important right there. So many times we want to comfort somebody that's going through a difficult time that has no relationship with Jesus. They've never surrendered their life to Jesus. They've never been changed. And we want to go, well, listen, it's going to be okay because God works all things for good. No, he works things for good to those who love him. I 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 love my husband, I love my kids, but I saw on Wednesday night I was willing to leave them 
to go with him, to go with Jesus. I knew I loved him. And it wasn't a difficult choice. I don't want to leave my kids and my grandkids and my husband, my sisters, and my friends. But oh, for his purpose. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. If God had called me that night according to his purpose to take me home, he does what is best. I pray that you will hear the power of the sovereign God in his testimony. Of the woman who had a heart attack. And he healed her heart. Physically, but it's a picture of what he's been doing for years spiritually. It's what he wants for each and every one of us. My name's not important. My testimony is only for your use to share the glory of God. So I pray that you're here, that God would move in your heart and that God would bring you to the place we were talking about, of this place that they might know he is the Christ the Son of God, and in believing that they might have life. Our elders are here today and will be in the back. We have, I believe we have three songs, four songs, three songs. We have three songs we're going to uh, have to praise and worship the Lord for his goodness for his purpose, for his sovereignty. If you feel the Lord is working in your heart, I pray you will come to the back and allow us to walk with you into the fullness that he has for you today. Stand and praise him with me. I love you, Lord, 
For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hand From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice you have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. So
justice has been satisfied, he will hold me fast.
Does our God intend to dwell again? 